privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next uh, four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. Now, it's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and our family of broadcast affiliates right around the world. And of course, for all the information on the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. Now, to contact us, it's very simple. The same email address that we've had for the last 31 years, exxon at exxonradiotv.com, and on all social media sites, exxon. Radio TV, and for all the programming we have available for you 24 7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Dr. George Schwimmer. Uh, he was a theater director for 30 years, a college professor, and has been a metaphysical investigator and practitioner for over 43 years. He has employed Reiki healing, past life therapy, spirit releasement therapy, shamanic healing, and distance healing. And he has written 20 books on these subjects, which have all been received very well, as well as he's written three unique stage plays. 
Now, if you'd like to find out more information about our guest this hour, or if you'd like to order any of his books, just uh, Google him, or, or when you go to Amazon.ca or Amazon.com, just put in his name there, George Schwimmer. Joining me now from Santa Fe, New Mexico, is George Schwimmer. And George, welcome to the X-Zone. Hi, good to be with you. Uh, George, um, what was it that started you on your 43-year metaphysical journey? It, uh, it started in 1978, January of 1978. Mm -hmm. My younger son, David, went on a uh, kayaking course with Outward Bound, and they went to the Sea of Cortez off the coast of Baja, California. Right. And about uh, 10 days in, they, uh, his crew got caught with a windstorm, and uh, he was lost at sea along with uh, two other students. And uh, that just uh, blew my world apart, as you can imagine. And uh, unfortunately, at that time, uh, Outward Bound refused to give us any information about what happened, uh, claiming their insurance company was uh, telling them not to give us anything. Yeah, boy. And uh, fortunately, I uh, was able to get a list of all the students and their phone numbers. Mm -hmm. And so I called the students, and I did research at uh, North Carolina State University Library, where I was living at the time in Raleigh. And I couldn't get enough information. David had been uh, had been in a double canoe with a partner, a girl named Brenda Herman, and uh, they had gotten separated from their group, and they were paddling towards shore, and they were never seen again. So I really didn't know what happened to him. His body was never found. And uh, so when I couldn't uh, pursue a, a normal research, I turned to psychics. And I'd read a little bit uh, over the uh, previous years about psychics and healers and things like that. Right. And uh, fortunately, uh, the first one I found was recommended by people uh, who I knew in uh, my community and then later on, there were a couple of others. And while I was looking for these psychics for uh, uh, information, uh, I was given a, uh, the name of a Spiritual Frontiers Fellowship, which was having a retreat. I think it was August of 1978. And they said, there's going to be a lot of psychics there. And I said, okay. So I signed up. Uh, this was a six-day retreat, and I went there. And I did find a couple of psychics. Mm -hmm. And since I was there for six days, they had lectures and they had workshops. And I noticed a workshop that said Reiki healing. And I had never heard of Reiki healing, but I had a little bit of interest in healing, having read uh, uh, about a couple of healers in uh, years past. So I signed up. And so for the next uh, four afternoons, for about an hour and a half, uh, I was... Uh, initiated, which is the term that they use, mm -hmm. which is Reiki healing, and that's how I got started uh, on this uh, journey that's been going on for 43 years. Now, what is a metaphysical investigator? Well, you know, you have, uh, as far as I'm concerned, mm -hmm. uh, you know, most most people that you, you read it, uh, in, in books, and they are... Uh, they, they have a, a, a 
a third person uh, view of what's going on. Right. Okay. So they, they don't. They're not hands on. They're investigating other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, if uh, you read about, you know, the latest uh, healer du jour, uh, the person who wrote about him doesn't know the first thing about healing. They just they're just a writer, and uh, they listen and they observe, and whatever. What I discovered when I got started on this journey was, uh, first of all, everybody has a game plan when they come to Earth. Okay. And, and apparently my game plan was part of it for the last 43 years anyway. My game plan was to not only, you know, interview people and write about them, but to immerse mm-hmm. myself in what it was that was I was writing about. And I had no intention to write about any of this stuff to begin with. It was just uh, fascinating, number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, number two, these opportunities keep kept walking in front of me and saying, here I am, take advantage of me, take advantage of me if you want. So this was the, the first one. And so uh, I learned how to uh, do Reiki. Uh, this was a first degree Reiki and then later a second degree Reiki. And uh, that was the beginning of the whole thing. So in my case, in everything that I have uh, looked into mm-hmm. and practiced, I was immersed in it. So I, I am a Reiki healer, I'm a past life regressionist, I'm a spirit releasement, I'm a shaman. Now let me ask you, um, some of our listeners may not know what Reiki is, so how would you explain Reiki to somebody who's never heard about it before? Okay, the word Reiki mm-hmm. is a Japanese word which apparently means universal healing energy. Now the question of where this energy comes from I can't tell you. Uh, What I was told by our teachers was that Mm -hmm. they are transferring energy into us. They seal that energy into us, and we have the healing ability for the rest of our lives. Now, now who are they? What do you mean, who are they? Well, you said they transfer the healing energy. They. The The teacher. The teacher. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. You, you have a teacher. Everybody mm-hmm. has a teacher. This is a Reiki master. I happen to have the uh, first uh, uh, Reiki, uh, Occidental uh, Reiki master, uh, Virginia Sandall. And I got this uh, Reiki transfer in 78, and she only became a Reiki master, I think, was in 76. So I was one of the earliest people to uh, uh, receive uh, uh, Reiki. So uh, in any case, I, I don't know where the energy comes from now. I had one interesting experience. I had a friend who was also somewhat psychic, and we were trading uh, services one day, and we were talking about exactly what you asked, you know, where does this come from? Right. And she, and she said, let me tune in on that. And she tuned in, and she says, oh, okay. She said, everybody has this ability when you're born, but because of the way we raise children and because of our worldview where we don't want to believe in this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. Uh, you lose the ability to do it. So when the Reiki master uh, does these, uh, whatever they do to uh, infuse you supposedly with this uh, energy, what they're really doing is they're hooking you back up to what you were born with. So that's all I can tell you about it. I don't know anything else that I can tell you about it. 
But uh, what I can tell you is uh, that uh, I know uh, that uh, there is some kind of energy uh, flowing into me, and anybody who I touch for two or three minutes, they also report uh, either heat, vibration, uh, or energy. Now, what kind of healings have you done using Reiki yourself? Okay, this is a hands-on kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, could, you start off by doing a physical, physical Reiki. And uh, when you're a second-degree Reiki healer, you learn to do, uh, you're able to do, you don't really learn it, just, uh, mm-hmm. you're able to do uh, distant healing. You're also able to do uh, psychological healing where you uh, help a person with uh, mental problems. I've never really had uh, much use for the mental problems because I've never had uh, people come to me with mental problems. Uh, they all came with uh, physical problems. So uh, this has been uh, a physical problem. Let me, let me give you uh, one example. Yes, please. Uh, which is pretty weird. Uh, a few, uh, I was at the time a member of uh, a uh, Search for God group, the Edward Casey group. Mm-hmm. One member of our group, a woman about, I don't know, 35, 40 years old, we were talking and uh, when I came back, from this, I mentioned that I did Reiki, and she said she had problems with her hips, and she didn't specify, and I'm not a doctor, so who cares? You know, <laughs> she had problems with her hips, and I said, well, you know, yeah. uh, you're welcome uh, to, uh, uh, I'll be glad to help you, and she said, well, I can't pay you, and I said, okay, well, Reiki said that you have to pay me something, so in compensation, supposing you uh, write detailed notes of what you experience, uh, and give them to me, and that'll be payment. And so she said, okay. So I saw her, I'm not sure, about uh, half a dozen times. And uh, it was usually about an hour and a half that I worked on her. Right. And when I say I worked on her, uh, all I'm doing actually is putting my hands on various parts of her body, which are specified by uh, the Reiki method. And... uh, a great deal of the time, uh, the client goes to sleep, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I almost go to sleep. Well, she reported various things uh, happening in her body, uh, including uh, energy in various parts of her body, and uh, uh, things uh, suddenly she noticed something. She said, "Oh, something just snapped inside of me." So anyway, uh, I can't. I don't have it in front of me, but she had a whole. Uh, litany of things mm-hmm. that she was experiencing. Well, one day I'm doing the Reiki and she's just about asleep and I'm just about asleep. And she says, I feel your hands inside my body. <laughs> and I looked at my hands and I said, no, my hands aren't inside your body. And she said, well, I feel a pair of hands inside my body and they're manipulating my hip bones. All right, George, stand by. We've got to take our first break. And when we come back, let's hear the rest of this story. Exonation, my guest this hour is Dr. George Schwimmer. And uh, for more information about George, just go to Amazon.ca or Amazon.com. And in their search engine, just type in George Schwimmer. And that's George, S-C-H-W-I-M-M-E-R. This is the Exon. I am Rob McConnell. Uh, George and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Do, 
stage Wrapped up like a douche Another runner in the night Blinded by the light Wrapped up like a douche Another runner in the night Welcome back, everyone. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple. Xone at xoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, you can contact us here by simply typing in Xone Radio TV. And for all the broadcast uh, schedules that we have of all the great shows on the Xone Broadcast Network, 724-365 with our compliments, visit xzbn.net. George Schwimmer is our guest this hour, and uh, George, before we went to the break, we were talking about this lady that you were working on who had hip problems, and uh, when we left you, she was telling you that she felt hands inside her body. Yeah, and uh, at that time, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't say, uh, I could tell her anything, mm-hmm. and uh, interestingly, a couple of years later, I read a book called Joy's Way by Dr. Brew Joy, who's an energy healer. And he reported the same thing. He said uh, uh, some of his clients would report that his hands were inside their body. Now, I can only give you two theoretical uh, responses to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number one, it is possible for a uh, discarnate spirit of a doctor to work through the body of a healer like myself. That's number one, one possibility. The second is we all have a energy body, uh, which some call the luminous, luminous energy field. And it has the same shape as a physical body. And I believe that the physical body, uh, uh, the energy body is a template uh, for the physical body. And the physical body is constructed around this uh, energy body. And so uh, the other possibility is that uh, somehow my energy hands, if you will, are actually in her body, but uh, I'm not aware of that happening. That's just theoretical. Speaking about um, energy, uh, when I was doing the research for tonight's show, uh, you mentioned a luminous energy field. What is that? Okay. The outer the outer uh, edges of the luminous energy field mm-hmm. is what people call the aura. Right. The, the luminous energy field, according to people who can actually see it, uh, they say that there are actually seven bodies. The physical body is one of them. And then there are six energy bodies, which are like dolls inside one, one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, on each energy body, there are what are called chakras. And chakras are whirling energy fields. The major chakras are along the... A vertical axis of your uh, body starting with your groin mm-hmm. and uh, depending on who's talking uh, can be seven of them there can be two more above your head which is what shamans believe and uh, one lady said there is a chakra under your feet which is in the ground which I assume is to ground you I don't know but anyway so they can be and then then you also have chakras uh, in the palms of your hands, the soles of your feet, and in all of your joints. Hmm. And I am assuming that the chakras in your hands are responsible for your healing uh, abilities. 
How long did it take you to learn all the, all the, um, all the lessons that you have and all the experience that you have when it comes to Reiki? Was it uh, was it over a long period of time? No, Reiki, Reiki, it, it doesn't take very long at all. The first degree, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, takes about six hours to learn. But then, of course, you have to have experience. And uh, then when I got the second degree Reiki. I think it was even less. It was about four hours or so. So Reiki, Reiki is a very simple thing, and uh, I think I mentioned that you know even a three-year-old can do it uh, once he has been uh, initiated into the uh, the Reiki uh, energy system. Now, what kind of initiation is there? Well, it's not an initiation. They call it initiation, but what it is, uh, the Reiki master goes through a process of uh, using certain symbols to activate whatever is going on. And, uh, and they don't even touch you in, in uh, the first degree Reiki. Uh, what I experienced was uh, I'd, I'd sit there on a chair and uh, she would come in back of me mm-hmm. and she'd be doing something in the air behind my head and I don't know what she was doing. Well, I, I now know what she was doing because I learned how to do it later. But uh, at the time, she, you know, she didn't even touch me. So this, this has to be very esoteric. And, and the only way uh, that uh, you can tell that anything is going on, and I was skeptical to begin with. I, you know, I, I wasn't a believer at that time because uh, this sounded uh, truly weird uh, to me. Okay. And uh, so I, I was at lunch uh, one day, I think the second or third day, and I was having lunch with an older gentleman across the table from me, and I was telling him about my uh experiences and i said uh, you know there was one 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 young woman in a class uh virginia had us sit in a circle and put our hands on the other person's shoulder in front of us and channel reiki around in a circle and uh so after several minutes uh, i looked across the room it was a pretty large group about 50 people and i see this one young woman and her arms were flapping like a bird and I thought to myself, oh, give me a break, you know, you're grandstanding. And somebody, mm-hmm. somebody uh, uh, behind her apparently said something. And she said very sharply, I can't help it. I can't stop it. <laughs> and uh, so she, she was feeling this Reiki energy. So I went, when I was uh, with this gentleman at lunch, I asked him, I said, uh, uh, do you mind if I try it out on you? And he said, no, go ahead. So I went around in back of him and put my hands on his shoulders and Virginia said, you know, it takes three minutes for uh, this to uh, um, start taking effect. So after about five minutes, I finally uh, said to him, well, uh, you know, did you feel anything? He said, yes. And I said, what? He says, energy. And uh, ever since then, you know, if I put my hands on anybody for two or three minutes, they're going to feel energy or heat or vibrations. Hmm. And uh when I got home, I told my wife about this, mm-hmm. and my older son, Eric, came into the kitchen while I was talking with my wife, and uh, this one psychic had told me my, that my adrenals had been affected by David's death, and uh, I thought to myself, oh, okay, well, if the, my adrenals had been affected, then Eric's adrenals must have been affected too, and so I just uh, I said to the uh, uh, Eric, uh, uh, you want to see if you can feel any Reiki? And he said, sure. So I put my hands on his shoulders, and I kept talking to my wife. Mm-hmm. And I forgot about keep putting my hands on Eric. 
And after about 15 minutes, I finally realized I still had my hands on him. And I said, uh, oh, Eric, uh, did you feel anything? He said, yeah, energy. Thanks, Dad. And he walked out of the room. So uh, something is going on all the time. I, I can't tell you where it comes from or what it is. I imagine someday uh, scientists are going to invent some kind of a, a machine like all the strange machines we have now to uh, measure various kinds of uh, things like you know x-rays and ultraviolet, uh, ultraviolet rays and uh, cosmic rays and so on and so forth, and they'll be able to uh, measure it. Uh, actually, there was uh, one uh, English um, physician who invented a screen, and I forget the, the name of the uh, liquid he put into it, but it was a glass screen which had a certain uh, dye in it, mm -hmm. and through this screen you could see uh, some of the um, uh, luminous energy field around the person. And uh, I later read a book uh, by a lady named Shafika Karagula, and uh, she had been a Canadian psychiatrist, and she came uh, to Los Angeles, uh, and she got interested in energy fields and gave up psychiatry, and she found uh, some people who could see the energy field. And uh, after working for, on this for several years, she said, there are doctors who will never tell you they're doing it, but there are doctors who can see your energy field. And she found two women who were top executives, two corporate executives, who it was the same story. She wouldn't give their names mm -hmm. because they be ruined. And uh, they could see these energy fields, and they could predict uh, six months in advance if you're going to get cancer, for example. So the energy field not only shows what's going on uh, inside you right now, but it will uh, show you the beginnings of something which will maybe not show up uh, for six months. The chakras and the energy field also keep a record of every single solitary thing that has ever happened to you in this life or any other life. So does this tie in with the Akashic Records? Uh, in a manner of speaking, yes. yes. I never thought of it that way, but mm -hmm. uh, it's the same sort of thing. See, the Akashic Records and your... Uh, a luminous energy field, right. both must be very complex energy fields that work like a computer. Mm -hmm. And I can't explain to you how that can work that way, uh, except I remember I once uh, read something about Einstein's uh, theory. Let's see what it was called. Uh, unified field theory. And the unified field theory uh, says that the reason that you see the image of a star uh, many miles away is because all of the little light particles stay together because if they didn't stay together they would just shot they would just scatter all over the place and you'd never have an image of anything as far as that went uh, with light so this unified field theory keeps all these little uh, um, pieces of light together to give you the image uh, of a star so I, I believe that your luminous energy field and the akashic records as well uh, work on that uh, principle that these uh, bits of energy, which are much, much smaller than atoms or, or mm -hmm. even subatomic particles and so on, uh, they, they go together to form constructs, which I have no idea how they do that. But uh, these constructs apparently exist. What has been the most amazing 
healing that you have done? I mean, besides from the lady with the hip problems, has there been any healing that, that you've done either in person or by distance that has just blown you away? I'll give you uh, two, uh, but I want to preface it by uh, one thing. Mm -hmm. I was taught by my Reiki and by my uh, shamanic healer, uh, Alberto Vialdo, PhD, that there are healing and there is curing. And you heal, I'm sorry, you heal the spiritual and you cure the physical. And he said, sometimes you will heal the spiritual and the person will die. Okay. Okay. That was very interesting, but I, you know, I didn't get uh, any experience with that until about three years ago. I was involved in a business deal and one of my business partners uh, happened to uh, email me that uh, he had uh, emphysema. It was very bad. He was on oxygen, and um, based on what he was writing, uh, he said, uh, I, I thought, you know, I expected that he'd probably be dead in six months. Oh, wow. So anyway, I wrote back and I said, well, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Reiki healer, mm -hmm. I'm a distant healer, I'm also a shamanic healer, and um, I said, you know, if you'd like me to send you some healing, I'll be glad to do so. And uh, so I, I applied uh, some shamanic healing, uh, which you don't do on a regular basis. You just do it once or twice or three times usually. All right, George, we're going to have to have another um, cliffhanger here because I do have to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. So please stand by. Exonation, George Schwimmer is our special guest this hour. If you'd like to find out more about George, if you'd like to buy any of his books, visit his Amazon site simply by going to amazon.ca or amazon.com and in the Amazon search engine, just put in George Schwimmer. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. That's right, Niagara is the region. Crystal Beach is the city. We'll be back, don't go away. You know that it would be untrue You know that I would be a liar If I was to say to you hey, Girl, we couldn't get much higher Come on, baby, light my fire Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. George Schwimmer is my guest this hour. And if you'd like to find out more about George, as I've been telling you for the last uh, 30 minutes, go to Amazon.ca or Amazon.com. And in the Amazon search engine, just type in George's name. And that is George Schwimmer. 
And uh, Schwimmer is spelled S-C-H-W-I-M-M-E-R. George, go ahead with the story that we were talking about before we went to the break. Right. So I require um, people who I uh, furnish uh, distant healing Mm -hmm. to uh, write to me, send me emails uh, every two or three days and tell me how they're doing. Uh, because I don't, I don't conduct it over the phone. It's too time-consuming. And uh, uh, the email is a lot easier, and that way I always uh, I keep a record of uh, what happened also. So after about three days, he writes back, and he said, Wow. He said, you know, my coughing is about uh, uh, 25% of what it was uh, before you started. And so for the next month or so, I was sending Reiki every day for him. Wow. And uh, every three or four days, he would write back and say, oh, boy, I'm feeling so much better. I'm uh, using less and less oxygen, and um, I don't have trouble walking around. And at the end of the month, he said, I can hardly tell I'm sick anymore. He said, I'm still using oxygen, of course, but he said, I have no symptoms whatsoever. And so I thought, well, that's terrific. You know, I expect, you know, he's recovered and he'll... Uh, continue uh, recovering, which mm-hmm. is uh, what usually happens uh, if uh, people have received healing. Well, uh, several weeks later, he sent me an email. He says, I'm feeling worse. And all of a sudden, he has another disease. Oh, no. Well, this is common. This is not uncommon. Uh, you see, uh, some people really want to die. Uh, they, don't, they won't say it consciously or they won't think it uh, consciously. But uh, subconsciously, they know they're supposed to die. And so if you cure them of one thing, they're liable to uh, contract another disease and, and die from that other disease. And that's exactly what happened with this uh, uh, gentleman. Now, there was one thing which gave me, uh, made me uh, feel that uh, he wasn't meant to be cured. He was meant to be healed. And uh, the reason I say that is because on one or two occasions, he said, well, he said, you know, I'm, uh, I've got a lot of physical problems, but he said, I really feel good spiritually. Now, you know, he had no reason to say that. I, I, I didn't solicit it in any way, shape or form. I didn't discuss spirituality or anything like that. He, he said this spontaneously. He wrote this spontaneously. So my feeling was um, for some reason he needed another six, another six weeks or a couple of months a physical life, and then he was going to die. But, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, the point is that he, the reports that he gave to me for a month uh, showed that he was getting better and better and better and better, and that, his, you know, his condition at the beginning of the month compared to the end of the month, there was no comparison. I mean, it was just uh, uh, so much better. The other one I want to mention, which is really strange, and, mm-hmm. and this... this uh, Less in the realms of healing, but I mean, obviously, some healing took place. I had a, yeah, I had a, a woman about 35, 40 years old in Australia, and she had a long history, and I can't even remember what it all was. But anyway, she wanted healing from me, and I said, okay, you know, and I worked with her doing various and sundry things, Reiki and uh, shamanic healing and uh, spirit releasement and so on and so forth. And this went on for, I don't know, two, three, four weeks And one day she sent me an email, and she said, my face has changed. Her 
features were actually changing and she sent me photographs of her before we started the work and after we started the work. And the odd part at this point was that half of her face had changed at this point. And the new half of the face was a lot more attractive than the other half of the face. And uh, she was certain that the, the rest of her face would change also. Unreal. So there, there's something, you know, really strange. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if nothing else, that uh, obviously the bone structure had to change in her face. You know, this wasn't superficial. It wasn't a question of her, just her uh, skin changing, but the bone ch structure changed. And I, I never had a, an experience like that before where, you know, the bone structure would change. Now, let, let, me ask you, let me ask you this, George. Did you see this later before the alleged uh, changing in her bone structure? No, no. So, so how do you know it really happened? She, she sent me photographs. The one photograph was taken before mm -hmm. she started to work with me, and the other photograph was taken when we were working uh, halfway through. Okay. But you could see the difference. All right, so, 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 so help me understand how distant healing works. If you just correspond by email, uh, how do you... How does it work? Like I can understand it if you're if you're there, if the person is there, and you lay your hands on them, or you know you do whatever you do as a Reiki practitioner while the person is there in front of you. But how does it work distantly? When I was living in Los Angeles, I came here to Santa Barbara, and I mean to uh, uh, to New Mexico, Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was an article in the Los Angeles Times, and the headline read, Time and Space Do Not Exist. And they quoted a very well-known, very well-respected, and very brilliant theoretical physicist who was quoted in the LA Times as saying, I am almost positive that time and space do not exist. Now, this is the belief of shamans as well. It's an illusion. I'm, I'm sure you've heard that before in one context or another. Yeah, right? I, 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 I have heard it, but I have a problem believing it. Right. Okay, let me tell you what the shamans say. Okay. okay? Mm -hmm. Let me start with time. According to a great many mystics, including modern metaphysicians and so on, all of time is simultaneous. Now, that sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. But, that, but that's what they say. And uh, um, pick up your phone and call any theoretical physicist, and he'll tell you the same thing. But, but wait a second. When you're talking about a theoretical physicist, the name theoretical means whatever they come up with is in theory. Right. So, so how can we how can that, we base how can we base anything on theoretical physicists? And even you said, not um not more than a few minutes ago, that the article in the L.A. Times, where this uh, person was um, was quoted, said almost. Right. Well, let's let's remember that Einstein started out with theories. It does. Uh, it took I don't know how many years mm -hmm. 30, 40, 50 years for physicists to prove that Einstein was, in fact, uh, correct. So, you know, 
I believe that people like Einstein, uh, people call him geniuses, and you think, oh, well, he's got a, a very high IQ, which he mm -hmm. probably did. But I believe that people like that really are a form of mystic or psychic, and they get their ideas out of the universe. Don't ask me what part of the universe or you know how they get it, but they get these inspirations, and that includes uh, people like Mozart too, mm -hmm. you know, musicians uh, and artists and uh, writers and. Uh, so would that also would that also include savants? Uh, possibly, but mm -hmm. I believe that in most cases, savants are really uh, recalling and re-experiencing a past life where they had those particular talents, because I've read that most uh, savants mm -hmm. uh, lose their ability after they're about uh, six or seven or eight years old. What got, you, in, what got you interested in past life therapy? Edgar Casey. Okay, and, now, uh, now let me let me ask you this: uh, Why is there such a uh, um, a following for Edgar Casey when he wasn't right all the time? Like his hit and miss average, I believe, is sixty percent uh, right to forty percent wrong. No, that that's not true. I don't know where you got that figure from. Well, didn't Absolutely. didn't Edgar Casey predict that the that the lost continent of Atlantis would surface. Okay, all right. Let's let let's separate things. Okay. Okay, sure. Let's separate uh, predictions with knowledge of present things, knowledge of things in the past, either in this life or in the past life, and knowledge of maybe short-term things. In other words, something that ha is going to happen in the next two or three years, or in the one case, uh, uh, for example, uh, where, you can, where you can find oil in Texas. Okay. Can you, get, okay. can you give me an example of each one of those um, predictions that you're talking about? You know, because, you know, there, there are a lot of people who, who really believe and Edgar Casey as being the sleeping prophet, and yet there are still many more who do not give him what many believe are his dues. Okay. I separate his predictions from all his other work mm -hmm. for one reason. Okay. As, as, as talented as he was, uh, there was a psychic named Alan Vaughn, and I met him in L.A. when I was uh, living there. And Alan wrote a book about prophecy and uh, he said 98% of prophecies don't work out. Right. Okay. So there, there could be many reasons for this, but one of the reasons, obviously, is if you tell a person, and this has happened, uh, both, uh, even I think it uh, happened with uh, Casey. If Casey uh, uh, says to someone, look, uh, you are scheduled to go, you have scheduled a trip uh, to Miami by uh, train, uh, if you get on that train, you're going to get killed. Okay, the train is going to wreck, and you're going to get killed. Okay. So that, that's a prophecy, mm -hmm. all right? Now, if the lady decides to go, go anyway, and the train wrecks, and she is killed, then Casey has, you know, fulfilled his prophecy. 
But what happens if the lady goes and there's nothing that happens and she gets to her destination feeling, you know, feeling very well and fine and whatever she was doing in the destination is a great success? Okay, that usually doesn't happen. Uh, let me give you the other. Uh, oh, wait, 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 wait a sec, wait a sec, hold on here. You said that you, read, that you met a psychic who said that 98% of all predictions do not happen. Right. So how can, you, how can you say then that it usually doesn't happen when a prediction is given of doom and gloom and the outcome is positive? Well, the, who, who, say, who says that uh, a prediction has to be good or bad? You're assuming that all predictions are bad. Oh, no, sir, I'm not. I'm not, pre I'm not assuming okay. that. That's the example you gave. Okay, let me finish. You haven't let me finish. All right, hold okay. on. We've got to take our final break. So please stand by. Exonation. George Schwimmer is our guest. www. Uh, go to Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. And uh, in the search engine at Amazon, put in George Schwimmer. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Crystal Beach, Ontario, which is part of the Niagara region of Ontario. And uh, because we are in the COVID crisis here in Canada, please, to all our listeners in Canada, don't forget your social distancing, wear your mask, and get your COVID shots as soon as you can. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, with yours truly, Rob McConnell, continues after this short break. Girl, we couldn't get much higher. Come on, baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on fire. Welcome back, everyone. If you'd like to send me an email, whether you're a believer or a skeptic, my email address is xzoneradiotv.com. All the programming available on the Exxon Broadcast Network is available just by going to www.xzbn.net. Check out our broadcast schedule. You can listen online. You can download these shows and listen to them at your convenience. And also, if you'd like to watch the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. Uh, George Schwimmer is our guest. And George, uh, before we went to the break, we started talking about Edgar Casey, and uh, you were giving us some examples. Okay. One, uh, one, there are different kinds of predictions. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I mentioned that we all come into life with a life plan. It, it's sort of like a game plan, you know, if you're a football team. You have a game plan, right. what you'd like to do, but once you get out on the field, uh, you find out maybe you can do some of your game plan, maybe you can't, mm -hmm. uh, depending on circumstances. Some things in your life 
are fixed. Okay. Um, I won't say Kennedy's death was fixed, but it, it's pretty close to being fixed. So there are certain things that are fixed. Uh, who you're going to marry is probably fixed. It's not cast in stone, mm -hmm. but you came with a game plan of who are going to be your parents, uh, who are going to be your lovers, who are going to be your mates, and so on. So you have a, a game plan with certain goalposts that are hammered into the ground, and you have to go past that goalpost. Now, now who supplies us with this game plan? I'm sorry? Where do we get this game plan from? You, you plan your game plan by yourself when you're a spirit, along with a group of five or more spirits who may or may not have incarnated with you in previous lives. You may have one or two spirits that never incarnated, Mm -hmm. And anyway, you have a uh, committee. And uh, this committee, by the way, stays with you during your life. And they are influencing you and advising you and helping you. And I don't have time to talk about it, but I've had experiences with this uh, uh, spiritual uh, committee. Anyway, the spiritual committee uh, says to you, uh, okay, uh, look, uh, you are a, a very wealthy mm -hmm. king with a lot of power. Uh, a lot of wives, uh, a lot of fun, and you need to go and experience the other side of uh, that. So in the next life, you're going to be born into Ireland during the Irish famine. So anyway, you have this uh, committee. Okay, so going back to the, to the predictions, I have read many stories of airplane crashes, train uh, crashes, and similar sorts of things where the plane actually crashed, but several people never got on that plane who were ticketed to get on that plane. They had a flat tire on the way to the uh, airport. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a sudden feeling that uh, they shouldn't go. Usually it's not that strong. Usually something comes up in their life that prevents them from going on that uh, plane. But I, I remember reading an interesting mm -hmm. study in France. Somebody did a study, a study of train crashes, and they found out the by you know uh, learning about the number of tickets sold mm -hmm. on a day, and they found that uh, there was this horrific crash in France, and so they went back in time and asked the train company to give them the numbers of tickets that were sold on that day, let's say it's a Friday, and on the previous, let's say, 10 Fridays. And what they discovered was that there was a very great decrease in the number of people who took the train that crashed on the final Friday. I forget the number, it was something right. like 30 or 40 people less. But, but how, can, how can we say this isn't anything more than coincidence? There's no such thing as coincidence. How do we know? Many people believe in coincidences. There, you know, and you believe that, you know, that uh, you, we come down here with a plan that we have five or six members of our spiritual team that are with us. So, what is the difference between you believing in what you believe in when it comes to spirituality and the people who believe in coincidences? Because I've experienced synchronicity. They only have a theory. 
You know, it's very easy to say. It's just like the people are saying uh, right now, mm -hmm. oh, you know, the American election uh, uh, was uh, phony and Trump really won. You yeah. can say anything you want to. That's right. Okay. I'm, I, I don't have time to give you uh, the, the, the type of synchronicity mm -hmm. that, uh, uh, that happened in my life. But uh, I'll give you one very quick one. Well, let me let me ask you this first. Is there a difference between a coincidence and a synchronicity? Yes, the word synchronicity was uh, coined by Carl Jung. Mm -hmm. And he said what we call con uh, uh, coincidence mm -hmm. is somehow uh, planned at a level that we don't see. See, one of the things that I, I uh, point out to people is there is a spiritual agenda going on every minute of your life that you're totally unaware of. You're living a physical agenda, mm -hmm. and unless you are extremely sensitive, you're not aware of the spiritual agenda that is taking place underneath. Then how, then how are we to know that there really is a spiritual uh, event happening that we're unaware of? How do we know that's real? Well, I can't uh, tell you in a couple of minutes, but let me give you an example. Okay. Uh, you remember uh, John Walsh? Sure. America's his Most Wanted, yeah. His, what was his son? His son, his mm -hmm. son was murdered. Yeah. Okay, if John's son had not been murdered, mm -hmm. would he have spent the rest of his life chasing down murderers? No. How do we know? He would, he would not. Absolutely would not. But, but isn't that cause and effect? The cause of the effect was that his son was killed. The reaction of his son being killed was he decided to, to do what he was doing. You know, America's most wanted. A lot of people go into despair. Mm -hmm. My ex-wife went into despair when my son died. Mm -hmm. And she never did anything after that for years and years. Mm -hmm. She couldn't deal with it. Okay. So why didn't she do something but I did? Well, that's because she handled grief in a different way than you did. Okay, okay, so basically what you're saying, Rob, is that life is uh, accidental. Everything is coincidence. Everything is accident. You have a choice to make mm -hmm. as a human being. Of course. You can, you can either say things are planned or you even make it more uh, narrower. Uh, I plan these things. Or you can say everything is random chance. That's it. No, I, I, I believe that I plan my own destiny. I don't, I don't believe that there are spirits around me who are guiding me to do what I do. The onus is on me to make the right decisions. The onus is on me to be a good person. The onus is on me to help my fellow man. The onus is on me to be the best father, the best grandfather I can be. Well, I can't, I can't give you 42 years of experience mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes, but I have to go back and just say uh, the, the choice is that things, yes, I understand what you're saying. Uh, let me say what um, one of my uh, 
college professors uh, told me when I was in college, one time we were at his house and talking, and we asked him about free will and, and uh, predetermination. And he said he believed it was both, that uh, some things were predetermined mm -hmm. and other things you had complete free will uh, to do whatever you want to. Now, if you don't believe in, in the idea of a spirit universe, uh, if you don't believe any of these things, then there's nothing I can tell you, okay? Because there has to be some level of openness to these kind of things. But, but let, me, let, let me just ask you this. If that is true and what you believe in is really there, why can't other people pick it up if it is part of the natural order of existence? Okay. Mystics tell us that it, what, what is happening on planet Earth is a game. By that, I don't mean it's fun and games and it's meaningless or it's uh, silly or anything like that. It's just like uh, your military will tell you that warfare is a game. Mm -hmm. Well, you know that war is not a game in, in terms of being fun and games. But this is a technical term of being a game, okay? So before we come to this planet, because all time is simultaneous, we all agree we will not look into the future in order to experience whatever it is we need to experience. Because if you looked, if everybody could look into the future mm -hmm. and see the future, there would be no future because everybody would know what was happening and nobody would have an experience. And one of the main things that we are here to experience mm -hmm. are emotions. And you can't have an emotion if you don't have an event to go with it. But why are we, are we experiencing these emotions, for example, for our own benefit, or are we puppets? Are we... Uh, no, no. What you, are, you, are you are growing. Let, let's, take, let, let's take something. Uh, I had, a, I had a, uh, my daughter does podcasts, and I did a podcast last night, and I was talking with her. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's 60 years old, mm -hmm. and she says she remembers Kennedy's assassination mm -hmm. when she was three, three years old. She remembers Bobby Kennedy's assassination mm -hmm. when she was about, I don't know, eight. She remembers where she was when Martin Luther King was killed. Is it real she, or, she, or is this... She, told, it, me, she is, told me that all of these events mm -hmm. traumatized her. She still feels at a certain level in the back of her head, mm -hmm. she still feels traumatized by these emotionally laden events but are these real memories that she's having or are these false memories she's having no no she she described to me where she was and what she was doing and so on and i i know what she was doing when she's three years old mm -hmm. uh, she told me she said uh i and my wife were glued to the tv set for four days we didn't move mm -hmm. the only time we moved was my my wife would go out in the kitchen and get something for us to eat and for the rest of the time right uh for four days, we were sitting in front of the TV set, yeah. And she, this impressed her, that her her parents are sitting in in front of a TV set for four days, looking very very serious and upset. And she didn't know what was going on. Right. She didn't know Kennedy got assassinated, 
but it left an emotional imprint on her. All right, George, I hate to do this, but we've run out of time for tonight. And ExoNation, if you'd like to get more information about our guest this hour, George Schwimmer, visit his uh, Amazon page. That's where everybody goes when they've got something important to say as they post it on Amazon, where the rest of the world, who aren't guided by spirits, I guess, use websites. For example, ours is www.xzoneradiotv.com. And if you'd like to find out about the Exome Broadcast Network, visit our website. No, not on Amazon, but at www.xzbn.net. Okay, I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. That's the region, and we are found in Crystal Beach, part of Niagara. We'll be back. Don't go away. <laughs> 